What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends one nineteen nineteen in store only. Hi, and thanks for joining me for this episode of Legal Q&A. This is utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station, and I'm your host, Peter Lamont. All right, so today we have a question submitted from S. Patel from Somerset, New Jersey, and he has a question about what happens next in this particular type of lawsuit. So let's go through some of the facts. I'll get to the question, and then I'll give you an answer. All right, so... Mr. Patel finds himself in a situation where he has a business dispute and he has filed a lawsuit against a particular company and has received a default judgment. Now, he has the default judgment and he wants to know what happens next. How do I get money? All right, let's take a take, you know, a step-by-step approach to this. All right, so first of all, we've talked in other episodes about a default judgment. And if you're interested in learning more about the specifics of a default judgment, check out the YouTube channel. We have videos on that. But for you know, just reference sake, a default judgment is obtained when a party who is served with a complaint does not answer the complaint. Okay, when you serve someone with a complaint, they have a set period of time to respond. And if they don't respond, you are entitled to get a default judgment. Basically, the court says, whatever you alleged in your complaint, we're going to grant you because they failed to appear, okay? So in Mr. Patel's situation, that's exactly what has happened. He serves the defendant with a complaint. The defendant does not put in an answer or any response, and therefore the court awarded him with a default judgment. Now, before I answer the question as to what happens next, understand every jurisdiction is different. I'm going to give you a basic overview of what happens, and you should check with your specific jurisdiction before you take any action. But generally speaking, what happens is this. A default judgment, most often in most states, must be filed or docketed with the state. So you're getting a default judgment from the court but that doesn't necessarily translate into a judgment that you could now enforce. So in order to make that default judgment into an enforceable judgment, it's got to be filed with the state. Some jurisdictions want you to file it with the county, some with the state, some with both. So you'd have to check that, obviously, but that would be the next logical step. Once that that judgment is docketed or filed with the state or the appropriate body that you have to file it with, now your judgment can be enforced. What's the next step after that? Again, generally speaking, you're going to want to serve the non-responsive defendant with something called an information subpoena. It's basically what it sounds like. It's a subpoena 
where you're requesting specific financial information from the non-responsive defendant. What kind of information? Bank accounts, amount of money that they might have in a savings account, um, job information, salary information, paycheck information, financial information. And why would you be requesting this information? So that you can levy a bank account, garnish wages, or seize property, seize assets. The court requires in most jurisdictions that you contact through an information subpoena the person against whom you have the judgment and you find out where their assets are. It certainly makes it a lot easier for the court to know that you know, bank account ABC is where this guy has his money. Now, you serve this information subpoena and they are obligated, the person against whom you have the judgment, to respond. But if you have somebody who didn't respond to the complaint, there's a good shot that they're not going to respond to the information subpoena. So then what do you do? Well, you can serve a second one. And in many jurisdictions, after you serve that second one, some jurisdictions it's only one, but after you serve that information subpoena and they still don't respond a second time, you are entitled to petition the court to hold the non-responsive person or party in contempt of court. And, you know, just like you see on TV or Judge Judy, well, Judge Judy in air quotes, and I use that reference very lightly, um, if you're held in contempt of court, you're, you're being punished by the court for failing to respond to a, a court-ordered document or um, another legal proceeding that you're mandated to comply with. And so by failing to respond to the information subpoena, Mr. Patel could have a contempt motion filed, and in the event that the judge or court grants that, that, that contempt motion, the next time you get pulled over for a speeding ticket and there's a contempt order against you, you are going to be arrested. So there is some teeth to this contempt order because once you have a contempt order out there against you, you're going to be picked up and arrested for contempt. Obviously, you're not going to spend two years in jail, but the point is to seriously get your attention and wake you up to the point where you're going to respond to the information subpoena. Now, let's assume that everything goes well and somebody responds to the subpoena right off the bat. Well, now what do you do with that information? Now, again, check your jurisdiction, but you can file a motion to enforce the judgment and you can actually have uh, a sheriff or other law enforcement agency or, or, or person actually try to seize property, assets, physical assets. You can also get an order where you can garnish wages or you can levy a bank account. And, you know, in some instances, if you get a, a levy on a bank account, they might freeze all of the assets in that account or, you know, take a certain portion out. I've seen it, it happen multiple ways. But that's how you would go and enforce that judgment. So 
you know, in answer to this question, it's not a quick process. It, it, it is a step-by-step process, and you've got to comply with all of the, the requirements in your state. But, you know, don't give up because a judgment is enforceable for a period of, in most jurisdictions, 20 years. So what does that mean? If your person who, with whom or against whom you have the judgment doesn't have any money in uh, August of 2015, Maybe in August in 2016 or 17, they will. So you have the ability to continuously serve these information subpoenas and make attempts to try to recover your money. A, a, a really good example, if you are somebody that enjoys looking at, at past cases, uh, one that everybody would know is the O.J. Simpson trial. And I'm not talking about the criminal trial, but the civil trial. And in that civil trial where the Goldman's sued O.J. Simpson for wrongful death. They recovered a significant amount of money. It was something like $20 million in punitive damages and $8 million or $6 million uh, for the wrongful death. But again, significant amount of money. Their attorney, their civil attorney, worked for years to recover the money. And, you know, I don't know because I'm, I'm not on the inside there. I would venture to say that they ultimately received pennies on the dollar there's no way that they received that entire you know 25 26 million whatever it was my point is though that this is a long process and it takes years sometimes to collect the money so you just got to be aware of that okay this is not something where you get your judgment and the next day you go down to the court and you say i want my money so please make him give it to me it doesn't work that way it is a process so i just wanted to share that with you and i'd like to thank uh, Mr. Patel, for submitting his question, he'll receive a free UTL radio mug for his question. So thank you for that. Now, I want to hear um, you know, your stories about judgments that you might have obtained. Did you follow through? Did you go and dock at the judgment? And did you recover money? I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me at email, uh, via email at info at utlradio.com or send me a tweet or a Facebook message, or post something on Google+, um, or go on to our website and leave a comment there. utlradio.com, that's where you can go for all of the links to our contact info and social media. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so that you get new episodes when they're uploaded. And also, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel because there's separate content on the YouTube channel. In fact, as I said at the beginning of the show... If you're interested in learning more about default judgments in general, you can head over to the, the uh, YouTube channel, and there's a video that specifically talks about that. So there's, there's separate content on both the podcast and the YouTube channel, but it's all pulled together at utlradio.com, so check that out. Thank you all for listening and being fans of the show. I really appreciate it and for your comments and feedback. Don't forget to share this information with your friends, colleagues, and family, and let them know about utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station. I'll see you next time. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. 
It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 